In today's episode, I have a friend who's a very interesting individual, has a, a broad background from interning at a bank, finance degree, uh, working with Fortune 50 companies in logistics and planning. He's a real estate investor. He's a very disciplined individual. He's an athlete and he practices the infinite banking concept and has done so for the last couple of years. So you're going to enjoy Michael and his story. I know I enjoyed our conversation. And so thank you for listening. Welcome to the Banking with Life podcast. I'm your host, James Nettery. And I'm as excited as I can be today because a friend from California flew in and uh, Michael is with us. He's a, He just has agreed to share his time with us and we're excited. I'm excited. We've not met. He's a recent client, new client. We spoke many times over the phone. He's a great guy. He has an incredible backstory. You're going to love him and he's worth listening to. And uh, thanks for being here, Michael. No, thank you, James. Yeah, how are you? How's it going? So he literally just came in about fifteen minutes ago. Yeah, I mean to the office. He flew in late last night. And yeah, it's just kind of a surreal moment. I know you don't take yourself too seriously or think you know, maybe you are who you are, and you're very humble. But it's a it's a big deal for me to be to be sitting at the same table as someone that. Oh, um, stop it! No, just as a pr- practitioner of something that I that I believe in and that I'm using, and then to be able to face to face. You know, I wasn't fortunate enough to meet Nelson. Yeah. Right. But I got to learn about one of his values and who he surrounded himself with and what he believed in through not only you, because you're you and Ryan. Um, and just as a listener, you know, podcast listener and YouTube that it kind of I get I've got the feeling from the beginning that it, you guys have kind of taken it upon yourself to kind of carry his torch forward. Um, with the amount large amount of time from listening to you that you spent with him. Um, it, that's why I say it's like a huge honor to be sitting here because I didn't have a chance yeah. to meet him. But it, it, don't take this the wrong way. But it's like the next best thing is for is to meet you and be a part of on practicing this the infinite banking because I believe in it. But then specifically, like with you. So that's a big, that's a big deal for me. That. It's a big deal for me too that, that you're here and that you're a client and friend. Um, you know, my commitment to Nelson was always I'll do my part, right? Nobody can replace Nelson. Um, everybody in the infinite banking world knows that and pretty much agrees that that is in fact true. A lot of people would like to, but um, no one can. It's going to take several people to. Uh, to not replace him, but to carry forth his message. And, and, uh, and I've, uh, that's, like I said, it has been my commitment. I'm going to do my part. I am doing my part. I do my part the best way that I know how and, uh, have fun doing it. And, you know, at the end of the day, I've done this, you know, like life insurance a long time, financial advisory and all that a long time. But, um, the best thing about this is I get to meet people. You know, if I didn't meet Nelson previously, um, and I got to spend about 16, 17 years with him. But if I had never had met, had the opportunity to meet Nelson, I would never have the opportunity to meet you. You know, it's pretty cool. Um, have I, you ever thought about what, what would have happened if, if you hadn't have met him? Yeah, my, my path would have continued. I, I would have uh, been disgruntled with the uh, financial world's narrative that's um, presented as truth. And, and I, I didn't, I stopped buying into that early on in my career. Mm-hmm. You know, I think I got, <clears throat> excuse me, licensed in 1991. And I went to work for a Fortune 500 company. They believed in buy term and invest the difference. You know, the guy who 
really carried that off into multi-level marketing or direct sales came from them is what I understand. Um, but anyway, I had the same philosophy and I believed that, right? And then I became disgruntled with that. The market didn't always go one way. And I had an awful lot of clients. Most of them were orphans because when I went into the business, I didn't know anybody, right? And so most of the clients are orphaned quickly in the financial world. So, you know, these companies will give you a book of orphaned clients and say, hey, go get them, killer. Mm-hmm. And uh, I've seen a lot of my clients and a lot of the orphaned accounts. They never outlived the need for a death benefit. So that was a conflict, right? So within me, it was a conflict. I'm hearing, buying into an idea and seeing the exact opposite, right? And so uh, I don't really, I don't want to say I don't do well with conflicts, but um, I was that I could not be okay in the financial world presenting a narrative that I discovered was false. Does that make sense? Yeah. yeah. So if I hadn't met Nelson, or let me say when I did meet Nelson, I was uh, doing retirement seminars, a lot of retirement planning. Um, and I'd have probably just continued on to that path, and which I still do a lot of retirement planning today, just integrate it now with the infinite banking concept. Um, but I wouldn't, I wouldn't have as many clients as I have currently. I wouldn't get to meet the people that I have gotten to meet. Um, so my life would be different. It would still be good, right? I mean, mm-hmm. I'm a Christian. I, mm-hmm. Like, I do okay. Um, but it wouldn't near. It wouldn't have been near as fun. I, would, I wouldn't have experienced Austria, Vienna, Austria. Mm-hmm. You know, I got to travel with him and his wife and my wife. Um, Was that the one that you? And forgive me, you said it on some previous podcasts. Was that the one where you were approached of like, hey, we're going? You were like, how am I going to pay for it? And then you were like, wait, then someone told you, like, you can take out a policy line. You, so you, you did do it. listen. I appreciate oh, I'm that. Sorry. <laughs> no, no. I yeah. think we were at a, we were either at a, I think we were at a, at a, at a think tank. It was prior to the NNI. And the, the gentleman who's still big in the footprint, uh, you know, he came around to the table and he's like, hey, this is what we're going to do for Nelson and Mary. And, you know, I'm inviting a couple of people to participate. I'm like, well, what would it cost? You're like, I don't know. I'm like, well, he's like, you have finance it. You know, you had life and he knew I had life insurance policies, right? <laughs> so we'll finance it. And I'm like, oh my gosh. See, I mean, I'm the slowest guy in the room, mm-hmm. right? Um, but yeah. yeah, that trip. Yeah. yeah, and me too. But one of the things that I think you, uh, any good student of, of, you know, fill in the blank of whatever it is, can be is is learn not only learn from history and learn learn from other people's mistake mistakes but learn from um others aha moments so that one you, you can learn from it and then you can move forward and then have your own aha moments that uh someone else then can learn from so like there's two examples that you've used prior in your podcast that were aha moments for me and i was like well all right well i know now so now Quite frankly, I'm the idiot if I don't do anything with it. So um, one of them was the property taxes. Mm. You know, the example that you use when you're in the, you know, you're shaving every morning and then you look mm-hmm. up and you realize there's a nose there. So um, so this year was the first time for that. I did it a little bit differently. So I don't, do you want me to go into the. Yeah, go your, ahead. Your I, kind listen, of this is oh, yeah. man. I want to. I yeah, no. Absolutely. So. If you go back from my understanding, I don't want to I don't want to butcher Nelson's work in your words, but um, that everything that you're going to do, you're going to finance. Right. So if it's I'm paying cash for an item, 
I'm giving up the opportunity to earn, to earn interest, dividend, or some sort of return because that's a one-time. Forever. Forever. Because yeah. that's a one-time use of that dollar for whatever it is that you're purchasing. And we can go into more detail about my philosophy on that or, or how I see money now but later. But, um, but going back to the property tax um, example that you used is, one, I, I know that I'm going to have that cost for as long as I own my primary residence or any of I, I, I invest in real estate as well. So for any of my other rental properties, that is going to be a cost associated with that investment that never goes away. Um, and that's a control that I don't have like that money. Like if you think that you own a property free and clear and that the government is out of the picture, yeah, right. um, you're wrong because that property tax will never go away. And there's certain ramifications. If you don't pay that, then it triggers certain events after that that will show you who's in really control of that property. Assets will swap hands, right? Um, yep. Yeah, and and so I took, I think it was earlier this year, um, you were talking about, you gave that example of, you realize that every day of you shaving in the bathroom mirror that you've, you looked up and you realized that there was a nose there and, um, and how you procedurally within infinite banking, like, paid your property taxes. So you took out a property loan, uh, a loan from your policy, right? And to pay your property taxes because that's a cost that I'm going to incur anyways. Well, on that that particular, I was, uh, there's two different things I think okay. that we're putting together. But uh, I was sitting outside the uh, hospice facility as my dad was in the process of graduating and it was in April and that was a federal income tax bill. That, okay. And it was substantial. And, uh, you know, the CPAs, always, they'll always tell you, ah, look how much money you made. You know, you should be grateful you got to pay all those taxes. I'm like, what? No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sitting in the parking lot. Already, I'm four or five years into this. I already have several policies. We have financed um, automobiles, down payments, uh, dental, um, some education, some medical deductibles. And... Um, Here's this big honking tax bill, federal income tax bill is what that mm -hmm. was. Okay. And uh, and then I, that was really, that's the way I felt. You know, I've been shaving my whole life. And then all of a sudden, you notice there's a nose on your face. You know, when you think you see something, you just continue to see things you didn't see previously, right? And that's kind of where it was. Um, and it just dawned on me in the parking lot, hot, it's like, got to write this check and it's like oh my gosh this should be a life insurance premium you know and mm -hmm. um and i've been financing taxes ever since including property tax um but yeah so i say but i just again being you know i, I think a, a mindset in general is very good to have in, in life is to is to always be a good student because there's there's going to be one there's a bunch of trash out there um, and a lot of unnecessary, um, well, unnecessary noise. But I get beat up for talking about the noise. No, but, but it's, but it's very, uh, my perspective, it's, it's a very, very good thing because the more you are a student of anything, and if you actually devote time in your discipline, and I think that's where another opportunity that, you know, that one I'm already, I'm always working on. Mm -hmm. Um, but I think as society, we're not as disciplined as we were in the past and as, and as disciplined as we should be. Right. So but with that, as you're learning, you know, whether it's infinite banking, investing, cryptocurrency, you know, fill in the blank of whatever one you owe it to yourself 
to take off the I know everything and I tell people what to do in my day job or whatever it is that you do normally and you have to put on your student hat and the more you are in that mindset you can hear the noise and you can dismiss the noise quickly to get to you know where the core philosophy or the principles of whatever it is that you're learning are so there's there's powerful and there's a lot of power in the noise as well and I I like it because it not only it reaffirms what I'm doing and what my my beliefs and philosophy are. Um, you know, Nelson talked a lot about classification because of his forestry background. And if you're unaware of the noise, you know, if you if you hear a message, especially in the infinite banking world, and, and, it, and it applies in a lot of other areas as well. But this is so uh, contrary to the way we think. It's it's almost counterintuitive. The idea of paying high premium life insurance and then financing purchases. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's it's the exact opposite of what we're taught to do with our money. So um, I'm just saying that when you when you first hear the message and you're exposed to it, it's it can be difficult recognizing and properly classifying the noise, knowing what is noise and what is not noise. Yes. Right. But. If you stick to the principles of of my understanding of what I've what you what you and the, and and you've taught me, Nelson's books have taught me is if you understand that regardless of what you do in life from the day that you're born, you're always going to need a source of capital yep. and a lot of it because braces, cars medical bills, college, starting a business, buying re- uh, rental real estate, whatever it is, finance, whatever it is, you you will finance it. You will one, either finance it to someone else or you will give up that opportunity for that dollar to be used in more than one um, project or location at the same time. So that's my, the way I see money now, even like when you were talking about earlier with the death benefit is I don't even see outside of the real estate business. So, cause I have some rental properties again and I don't even see a dollar. If it was outside of infinite banking, if I'm looking at a, a single dollar, which I don't have any cash on me, but I think I have some silver bullion or something somewhere, but anyway. You're traveling um, with bullion, really? Getting yeah, through couple, the Gestapo? Yeah, yeah a couple of, yeah, just in, just in case. So, um, and that's it's again, that's, digital, that's something. It's on your phone, right? Yeah, but that's something, and again, something that, um, that I think is important for me, knowing what I, what I've learned about how money works over the last couple of years and my continuing uh, learning mm-hmm. in that arena that I'm not saying that I don't trust anything, but I think it's responsible to have a portion of hard metals as again, just like um, infinite banking is one. It's a great hedge against inflation, hard money, hard metals, another hedge against inflation. I'm not looking to, to make money off of, you know, the gold and silver and platinum and palladium, but at least I'm not losing money from the day that it, that a dollar touches my hand. So, but I say that to go go back to um, when I have a dollar, I don't see it for just a dollar because I can go out and leverage that money um, for like going back to real estate. That dollar is really worth five dollars to me because I can on an eighty percent loan to value, twenty percent down. That dollar is really five because I can go and leverage the other four. So it's up to me to never let that that $1 go on a one-time use. My goal is to wear the 
that other dollar as and that's many just times on the leverage that's just on the leverage <laughs> I mean, right so then um, so then we go into infinite banking and not and one of my first policies not with you but i know you've reviewed and i haven't looked at the conversion rate on my i'm not going to say their name but my new policy um is i and this is me being anal and my the way my my dumb little fourth grade brain works is I know that we hadn't gotten to his background yeah. <laughs> yet, which is which is which is expansive. So, yeah. So I see a dollar, you know, because I, I pay attention to my PUA writer um, letters of what, like, if I make a thousand dollar PUA premium, um, that that actually turns into almost a five thousand dollar death benefit today, mm-hmm. right? So right there, there's my eighty twenty principle. That one dollar is actually five dollars. That's today. That's before dividends are paid continuously from now until age 120 or 121 or what, whatever it is in the illustration. So that dollar is never a dollar. Even like right now, like my nieces, that's $5 for my nieces. So now that, de- you know, so um, if I know that again, and being responsible and being an honest banker, that money needs to go there first before I go and deploy that same money in a second arena to where I can, uh, again, again, I want to squeeze every ounce of energy out of every single dollar. Um, that come across this, that comes across my table or my wallet. Are you sacrificing your lifestyle to do all that? N- no, uh, actually, it's uh, this is what and this is what I think you told me not to share before we went on. So no, no, wait. We uh, we were talking before the mics came on, yeah. and I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm uh, getting blown away because it's all very very <laughs> cool, and you need to hear it. And I'm like, wait, wait, wait. No, well, well mine, I, I wanted him to save it yeah. for you. <laughs> <laughs> no, well, mine is, you know, it, it, again, it comes back to I, I need um, I'm an operator of my bank, right? I'm the vice president, I'm the president, I'm the loan officer, I'm the underwriter, because I get to choose what's important for me and what venture that I'm that um, my next adventure. Is. <clears throat> let's, wait, at, let me let me interject okay. here. Don't Sorry. jump over there. That. That's very powerful. So you're the bank owner. All right, and your bank, you listening, your bank pays dividends, right? They just don't pay them to you because you're not the bank owner. Correct. Right. And then the so the bank owner gets the dividends, right? And then you're you're also the the loan officer, right? So you're the gatekeeper of the bank's money, mm-hmm. right? And then and then wait, you're the borrower too. Mm-hmm. So there's more than just those positions in this and this idea and this concept. It's very powerful, right? Because, and Nelson talked about it many times that if you, if you, if you look at the capitalization of a bank, a brick and mortar bank, and, and you, you look at their balance sheet over 30 years, and then you, you capitalize a life insurance policy and, and look at that, the results over 30 years, and the difference in the dividend and the quote unquote interest in the cash values, right, that accrues to you, the policy owner, is really what was a profit to the bank if you didn't practice the infinite banking concept. Mm-hmm. So I'm just, thanks for letting me interject that. You're the bank owner and you're the lender and you're the borrower. It's my house. I love that. And my rules. And pe- some people may not be equipped um, to hear that initially mm-hmm. because we may have crap going on in our own life. We may be you know, have credit card debt, um, you know, overextended and ABC, you're trying to keep up with the Joneses and Joneses and look a certain way and all these other things. One, you need to clean up your house in that manner because no one, no one cares what you're driving at the end of the day. 
No one, I don't give a flip. I have a nice car and I'm looking at getting rid of it tomorrow because I know the status of the market and the used car market. And I want to make some money above and beyond. You can make a profit. I can make a profit <laughs> on a used car. And, and the car that I have, for what, because of its mechanics and the way it's designed, I can probably make an extra $10,000 on, on it. And any other, any other. Do you have PUA room available for that? <laughs> well, I'll, it's funny that you say that because I. This is how because I, I I bank with a credit union. I don't I don't like big bank stuff other than my real estate stuff because I need it from a domestic standpoint. I need it. So it's still know. the mutual concept credit union. Yeah. Right. Yep. Okay. Yeah. 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 But um, I I love my bankers that my okay my traditional bankers. Let me say that in in the credit union they know who I am when I walk in the yep. door. I can call them on the phone. And I get phenomenal customer service. And I actually had my branch manager at my local credit union. I called her actually on on Friday and I asked Corey, hey, Corey, can you is it possible for us to rename my account names? Because uh, I have like multiple money market accounts within, you know, um, within my overall like membership. And she was like, yeah, we can do that right now. And I was like, well, can you change my man? It was one of my money market accounts to PUA bucket. Like capital P, capital U, capital A space bucket. And part it. of it is I wanted her to hear it. Yeah. And I wanted maybe, maybe not today or tomorrow, but I wanted her to ask her for her to ask me, what does PUA stand for? Because then that's a, that's a different conversation that I look forward to having. But for me, whenever my, my two policies that I have are full, one, one's already full until March of next year. So I can't contribute any more directly to it without it making. However, I know what my monthly expenses are um, and I don't have them by memory. I just know, you know, I have a mortgage, one paycheck, my credit card on the next because I, again, it comes back to, I, I don't carry any revolving debt and I use the out of my American Express card and I have about 400,000 points on it for when I want to go do something and I didn't pay a lick of interest. Right. <laughs> right. So, um, I love it. so I, <clears throat> I pay that off each month and then my mortgage on the other and then what's left over that I can't stuff into a policy it goes into my PUA bucket money market account. So when the day comes that I can start filling up next year's bucket or I find a hole that I can, that I can um, dam up with some more money, it's ready to be deployed and put into a system that's more efficient and that I can control and that others can't. So that's kind of, that's kind of what that's I want to, I want to grow up and be just like you. No, you don't either. <laughs> <laughs> but going back to what we were talking about earlier with, um, with the example when you were outside of, was it the funeral home? No, it was the, the hospice. The hospice yeah. is um, like I took, the lesson that I took from that was I like my property tax bill on my primary residence, I think it's something around like $3,200 um, a year. And when I got my tax bill this year for that amount, I was going, okay, it was just perfect timing that I just heard James, you talk about it. It's weird, it's just third, is that third person if I call you James and I'm looking at James instead of just saying you? I don't know. I'm not good with English, but um, so I took that $3,200 and I was going, okay, if I'm going to practice being an honest banker, I have some other money sitting into my checking account. So I'm just going to first, I'm going to put $4,000 in my PUA. So the $3,200 for my tax bill, plus another $800, throw it into my PUA. And then that same day, well, I, and I can call them. I just, I just call the company. Hey, I'm making a PUA for this amount. They process it while I have you on the line. Uh, I need a loan for $3,200. So there's two transactions. Um, and I get the, I get the money ACH into my bank account in like three to five days, uh, which is well within the time to pay the, the property taxes. And then while that was processing, 
again, because I'm a nerd, I go into <laughs> my credit union and I set up an automated bill pay because I know I get paid every two weeks. And I, so I put myself on a, a one year revolving note for my property taxes. Um, I think it's like $143.26 or something like that, like every two weeks. Oh, okay. So there's an automated check that goes from my bill pay that pays back that policy loan. So the minute that that bucket is full, I should be getting my next property tax bill and I'll go and take a, a loan out for that same amount again the next year. So with knowing the principles of how PUAs and once once that money's into my policy, it's paying a premium and it's working for me while I'm sleeping, while I'm on vacation, while I don't, while some mornings I don't want to get up and go to work because I'm tired, it's still out there working. Um, so that $3,000 or that $4,000 is never $4,000. Right. And it's out there working while sometimes I'm resting and it never gets to take a day off. So that's the way, you know, that I did that as well as paying. Uh, I think the policy loan is 5% simple interest with that insurance company. I think I'm paying like six or seven is the way I structured it on an amortized basis, not on a simple interest basis. Mm -hmm. So I may be overpaying. Um, however, again, going back to like financing equipment of one of the sections of Nelson's book. And it caused me a lot of confusion at the beginning when I heard it. Cause equipment I didn't financing. Did? Yeah. Cause I didn't yeah. understand like, how do I overpay a loan and yep. overpay a premium? And then I had to make it, it finally made sense in my head once I translated it to what is actually, what Nelson's actually teaching in that example is that, you know, I'm, I'm paying, um, I'm financing it. I'm going to finance it as if I'm financing it with the bank. And when I pay that loan off physically in my life insurance policy, I will pay that off earlier than had I gone to a brick and mortar traditional bank. So whatever that delta is, that difference, whether it's putting it into my money market account and waiting until I can fund that policy again or whatever other vehicle, but that's money that I would have given up. That's an opportunity cost that I got to save. And now whatever, when that time frame comes, that that delta can get thrown right back into my policy and start working because I will wear you out. I'm a horrible boss of my money. Is that that's my goal? You know, <laughs> abusive. Huh? It, doesn't, it doesn't get I any time it. off. Yeah. yeah, you're not getting any health healthcare benefits. Like dollar, get to work. <laughs> so and your money's like okay. Yeah, it doesn't have a voice. Yeah. Exactly. Well, it actually it give, it has the voice that you're willing to give it. Yeah. Right. So um, and I just I don't let it. I don't let it be. I, well, my I goal believe is not that, to be lazy. I mean, I agree with that. Money, you know, I believe that money flows to its highest value, to its highest use. Mm -hmm. You know, and so I love that. And you're practicing always velocity when you practice the infinite banking concept. Always leverage and velocity. Always. Well, and if you if you look if you study like whether it's entrepreneurs or successful business owners that it's one of, that's one of the principles that they do is, is they're able to either create money out of, out of thin air, actually through creating a product or a service that was needed in a marketplace that has demand for it. Um, or, you know, fill in the blank with, with, with anything else, but they're, they're practitioners. Once they know how money works, they, they practice that philosophy. And this is a way that I can, uh, control, um, what's important, what my next investment, uh, opportunity is. It, it goes back to the core principle, whatever it is, well, I'm going to need capital. So yep. uh, I need to, and when it needs to be accessible. So I'm, I'm not a fan now with knowing what I know about money of um, distancing myself and creating rules and regulations that were, um, they're not designed for me. 
but that someone else gets to make those rules as to when I can touch my own money for when they say it's important for me, but not when I have a, a business opportunity or um, a, a friend needs money. Like now, you know, does or I, I'd like to give some money away because yeah. I, I can give it away now because I have some other finances or more uh, cash flow coming in in the future. But right now is when I need it. And I want to control that. And I don't, I don't, I don't need other people to tell me um, when and how, when and how, and all the yeah. mechanics. And if my the reason I need it fits into their plans, their their loan application, what their bank is willing to take on as risk. And so the thing that I to kind of go back to what we were talking about earlier. I'm sorry, James. It's okay. So I keep reaching for you because it's the Godfather. Uh, <laughs> um, like last Friday, I'm, I'm helping my mom renovate her house, so that's why I'm in Texas now. I, dang it! I yeah. thought you came just for this. Yeah, well, this was part because this is important. So, because um, I did schedule it around here because you guys weren't available last week because I wanted, aside from the podcast, I just wanted to shake your hand. So, you're a good um, son. Thank you, um, so. But part okay. of that, well, thank you. Sorry, but I got a lot, to, a lot to, a lot to work on as a son. Um, but it's when I'll give you the example. Last Friday, the area that I work in, California, um, it's kind of a higher profile area not not me specifically but the area but within a i'm driving on a major street i'm heading west and there's a I, I, without knowing the city dynamics very well um for the listeners but I, I i know tenths of a mile because i drive these streets all the time i'm about eight tenths of a mile from when i cross a railroad track to the next major intersection and right as i'm crossing the railroad ties or the railroad tracks, I call my life insurance company because I'm getting ready to come here. I have, I'm help, I'm helping my mom manage um, a re home renovation to our childhood home so we can sell it. And I had already written a check and it was already in snail mail to the contractor for $10,500. So I called my insurance company, I think it was option two or three. I get usually one of three people because I wear them out too when I'm, I make <laughs> PUA uh, payments. Like I wear them out. Mm. You know, I, I, I sold a bicycle like uh, that I bought for $800 three years ago because again, because of importing and import prices and such, I sold it for almost $1,200. So I made, you know, $400 there extra. So what did I do? I took that cash. I immediately go to the credit union and then I immediately make a phone call to the life insurance companies like get it in there and get it working. I don't want this money just sitting idle. So I called the insurance company. Uh, I think his name's Kevin. Kevin answers and I was like, Kevin, I need a, uh, I need a, I need a policy loan. Do all the verification stuff of who I am. Here's your max loan amount. How much would you like? I need $10,500. Okay. Would you like that ACH to the same uh, bank account that where your premium comes from? Yes, sir. And end a phone call and haven't even reached that next intersection, you know, that next major intersection. So that took about, two and a half minutes. No, what are you using it for? Um, you know, our, our calendar's kind of booked. We, you know, the loan officer doesn't have any time for you until next Thursday mm. and then, you know, to go through their underwriting. So yeah. one, my money, my control, my bank and speed. And there, there was, it was done in two and a half to three minutes and the transaction was in process and that, and that was it. So when you're talking about stress relief, <laughs> Um, or, you know, fill in the blank with whatever, that's control. That is control. It is. And 
And, and you got a relationship with Kevin at the home office. Oh, he, he probably is like, this guy's going to come and he's going to do some, you know, not some fancy stuff, but he's going to wear me out. Like, oh, is this guy again from California? Yeah. yeah. But, but yeah, so that, that's kind of, you know, I love I've, that. Yeah. But I mean, I've, as a practitioner, I've repainted rental, uh, rental properties with policy loans. I've uh, replaced HVAC um, because it gave me some operating flexibility instead of giving up uh, three years of, of cash flow to a property. Um, I, I financed that through my policy loan because if you know anything about, you know, I'm, I'm a, I love Robert Kiyosaki's, um, I, I know I've read probably 10 of his books and Ken McElroy and Tom Wilwright, Garrett Sutton, and you feel, start filling, filling in the blank of all the real estate books and times that I've spent, again, becoming a student. If I want to make, you know, an endeavor into real estate, I need to arm myself with, with data and arm myself with knowledge yeah. and learn from the best. Um, and understanding that an asset is anything that takes or puts money into your pocket and a liability is anything that takes money out of your pocket. Really simple. Very simple. Just like infinite banking. It's really simple. Very. Right. And that, I think that's what kind of scares people sometimes is like, no, it needs to be more complex than this. It's just, yep. I need X's and Y's and I need like different color line charts and I need to, ah, if, if someone just, you know, use like time value of money in here, I'd feel a lot better, even though I don't know what it means, <laughs> you know, things like that. And it's like, no, it's, it's really simple. Like if, if it puts money in my pocket, that's an asset. If it takes money out, it's a liability. So I use my policy loan knowing that I have tenants that are gracious enough to have hardworking jobs and are good people in my houses and in, in their houses, because we're partners, um, that they pay me every month. And part of that cash flow that I would have sacrificed otherwise goes back to pay my policy loan. They're helping me and I'm helping them. That's the basis of capitalism, so, isn't it? <clears throat> I mean, it's uh, at the end of the day, the renter pays for everything. They paid the principal, they paid the interest, they paid the insurance, they paid the repairs, they paid the taxes. You're responsible for it. Hugely responsible. Yep. So, listen, we're, we're like 30 minutes into this conversation, and <laughs> I'll, I'll improve my, no. my uh, skills, you know, as, as we go. But um, I didn't give you the opportunity to share your background with us. And, uh, and so I'd like for you to you know, kind of bring us up to date and give us some background, who you are, where you've been, what you've been doing. No, yeah, I grew up in a small town in Northeast Texas that no one's really ever heard of. Um, had a great childhood there, played every sport, you know, known to man, was fortunate enough to play a little bit of uh, junior college baseball. And um, always knew that I wanted to go to Texas A&M. I had a friend that when I was like 11 or 12 years old, I got to tag along with his family and took me to a A&M Baylor game. This mm. is when I was in middle school, so maybe early 90s, about the time that you were starting in the financial world. And not to, not to age you, but just to kind of relation, you know, relationally on the timeline, <laughs> like what, what we were both <laughs> doing go. at that time. Yeah. <laughs> but I just knew at that point, like, oh, this is where I'm going. This is where I'm going to school. And so after junior college baseball, it, you know, I realized that my arm didn't, would, was not going to throw faster than 86 miles per hour and realized that my baseball playing days were limited and was lucky enough because of my, my grades that I was one of, I think they accepted out of like 8,000 applicants, like 200 people into directly into the Lowry May School of Business at A&M at that time. And I, luckily I was one oh. of them. So went in, studied finance because one of the guys in high school told me that I couldn't do it and I wasn't like smart enough or not smart. He didn't say that directly, but he was <laughs> like, you're not going to do that. You can't do that. 
people eat, you, you just won't do it. And I was like, okay, cool. Well, that's, uh, I don't even know if I'm going to like it, but you told me I couldn't do something. So guess what? That's why I'm going to do it. I'm doing it. I so love it. did it, got in, was originally, um, I was like the first intern at, at this, uh, the bank at a bank over in, uh, near Highland Park in Dallas. So I was one of their first interns and then asset based lending firm. Um, high end posh posh yeah yeah and and um i, I mean it was it was a great it was a great opportunity because I, I hadn't even finished my first upper level finance class finance 341 was like the 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 junior weed out finance class and i'll always remember that class and it was tough i thought i thought god oh god like i, th I haven't thought about this in years i thought i was gonna fail out that the, the the first, we had four tests um, for the whole semester. The first one I made a 67 on, and I have never studied so hard in my life Ooh. for a test, and I got a 67. And I was crap, dude. I have to ace everything in order to make a B. For but the, the bank hired you, right? They hired, oh yeah. So of so in the middle of this, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, yeah. You make a fair point. <laughs> so yeah, I haven't even finished this class yet, and they had you know we would have a career week um, every semester. Um, they did have it around the different schools at A&M, the engineering school and all that stuff. And I had met this pe these people from this bank. And I think maybe just personality-wise, we sure. they, they felt comfortable with me, but they knew that I didn't know anything because I'm a college student. And they didn't know about the 67. Yeah. <laughs> so, so anyway, yeah, I ended up going to work for them one summer. Um, again, they selected me before I finished that class. But, you know, long story short, I, I had to buckle down and relearn how to learn in that class and for the the following three tests every answer because there was four or five answer choices on 25 questions on each one of the exams and i knew i couldn't screw up so as i would type, write the test on every answer choice that was wrong i would mark out what was wrong and write in what the correct answer would be to verify with myself that i knew it what i knew the material and i knew what i studied wow yeah and i aced like all the achiever there well, I had, to, okay. I, mean, I had to, like my back's against the wall, right? Yeah, yeah, so sure. I, it's either I'm going to give up and crawl in the hole or I'm going to put my dukes up and I'm going to come out fighting. Right. So I chose to fight. Um, so I ended up making like an 89.4 and I went petition with the professor. I was like, dude, like, look, this is where I came from and this is where we are. Like, I'm that close to an A is a great life lesson. She was like, well, it looks like you earned an 89.4. And I was like, you're right. I earned exactly what I got. I didn't didn't earn a you know a 4.0 yeah. so i'll take my 3.0 and i'll take my lesson and i won't repeat it so that uh, is a good life lesson yeah and yeah. good for him yeah her her yeah 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 and she and she was a you know in quotes i mean she was she was she was a nazi teacher so she was like i mean it was my way or i, I will thrash you <laughs> and i and but i needed you know we, we need yeah. that in college we need that that discipline we need it ever more so today in general but um yeah, so went there and then um, interned, and they offered me a job. They're you know basically don't just don't worry about your grades, just just graduate. You have a job waiting for you. And then things changed along the way. Ended up going to work in the beer industry after I graduated. So banking, mm -hmm. banking. And I heard some engineering in there. Yeah, when I yeah. So the first the the when, when I make a decision to do something, I like I'll I'll take. I'll get beat up. I don't. I don't care. I'll physically get beat up mentally if I'm going to do something that's worthwhile for me. Like uh, you're not going to stand in my way, right? And I'm and I'm willing to take blows and come out with bruises and stuff. But I'm going to keep getting up and I'm going to come at you. That's just you know kind of the way I was raised, and then more so like the way um, 
the character that I want to be. Yeah. So I have to practice what I want to be. And if that's what I want to be, then do it. And don't like it. and don't talk about it and then not be about it, you know. So, right. um, so banking, banking. I go worked for the beer company and, and beer. Yeah, yeah. So I ended up going to work for a beer company, a large beer company at the time, the largest in in the world. Household um, name, household right. name. Yeah. It's on every shelf. It's on almost every billboard, every Super Bowl, every everything. Um, and I started out as a temporary employee because I was hired by one of the the breweries. But because they were going through labor negotiations, I couldn't start. So they gave me a 90-day temporary contract in their packaging facility, making less than what I was making in college. And I was driving about 160 miles round trip a day. <sighs> and so I, 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 would, I would get home to my sister's apartment. I'd be asleep as I'm falling onto the bed. Like I was dog tired. And then was lucky enough to meet the CEO of, our, of the division that I later went to go work for in St. Louis as an engineer in the corporate office managing like 26 subsidiaries and working in engineering at, with a degree in finance, not knowing what the heck I'm doing, but it was like, well, it's sink or swim and I don't like drowning. So let's figure this out. So did that and then ended up, they, I moved to, so I was there in St. Louis for about two years. And then they asked me, cause I didn't have a wife, didn't have kids. Um, they asked me to, there was a position in California that they couldn't fill and they asked me Slash told me, you're moving to California. So I was like, well, I've only seen it on television. So, okay. Wow. So that's how I ended up in California. Ended up, you know, in, in um, quantitative analytics, a portion of the time, which I, I don't know how that happened either. Uh, was in <laughs> and then it went back to like, hey, you know, an opportunity to come up in a, that came up in accounting. And I was like, well, I hated accounting in college. That's why I chose finance. <laughs> uh, but but I, I want to learn the ins and outs, the debits and credits of operating this side of the business. So I was like, you know, I'll do it for a couple of years and it's, I know it's going to suck. But I want to I learn, you know, kind of behind the curtain of, of Oz, like how things operate money wise. So did that and then realized I'm a caged animal. I cannot wait to get out of the office. It's terrible. Um, so then I went back to I went into operations management and quality assurance, which you know, we use a lot of statistics in, in the production process and, and what we did. And I had about 30 customers around the coast from Boise, Idaho, all the way up to um, to Washington State, all the way up, you know, down to San Diego and and such. So I did that for a few years and before I went and transferred sides of the business to sales and marketing. But, you know, it was just, that was that was kind of, you know, the Cliff Notes version of the the first professional arena out of out of college. But it taught me a lot of how to think and how a big company operates mm. and how they look at <clears throat> problems and how they overcome problems. And, and it, it taught me a, a disciplined way to see processes. And I think that's something that's transferable to anything that I've ever done. Mm -hmm. Even in my current career, um, everything is a process. It's just like with in, in, the, in infinite banking, like becoming your own banker, it's a process. Mm -hmm. And if you understand the process, all I want to be is the best operator I can be. And I want, I want to use it for what it is. Yep. And so that's kind of, you know, that's kind of it in a nutshell. Is, <coughs> well, what do you do a, currently? Uh, work can we in, get into that? Or? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I work in the law enforcement community. Um, it was something in, in, important for me to do. Again, going back to when I worked for the beer company, I was having a hard time understanding what value I brought 
to the table, you know, like as towards the end of my career with the beer company, I just had, I had a struggle. I was just not, I was not at peace with like, okay, I'm driving home. Like, what, what did I, what did I accomplish today? Like for me, what did I, what did I accomplish or what did I bring to the table? Did I make, did I make anyone else better? Did I make myself better today? Was, you know, and I started asking a lot of those questions and I didn't really have a good answer to some of those. And that it didn't sit well with me because I'm 2,300 miles from my next relative. You know, I'm chasing, not chasing, but I'm somehow I ended up working for this huge, huge company. And I know I have a lot of connections in the company just from my time there. But tangibly, like I'm just not settled. So I was like, okay, at some point that voice gets loud enough to where you, you have to act on it. And like, I had never quit anything in my life. I had to research like on Google, like how do you resign? Like it was to that extent, like I had never quit anything. And so I had to research it. I wrote like this, what I thought was a professional letter. You know, it's like, I think this is how it's done. <laughs> you know, it was like, yeah. <laughs> and, you know, and I remember the day sliding it to, you know, to our director and just the look on his face was like, what? Like, where, like, where, where are you, what are you doing and where are you going? Because at that time in the company, like a lot of people were, were being let go because we were, we went through a hostile takeover in 2008 and a lot of really knowledgeable people in the beer industry because it's a really complex um, industry because of, you know, the 18th Amendment, Prohibition, the 21st Amendment that repealed it and all the three-tier distribution system and all the federal red tape that you have to go through um, to avoid um, breweries de dealing directly with retailers, which is, you know, um, is illegal. So it's a very complex industry. And then so you have all these people leaving and then someone, you know, and I'm no one special at all but maybe just caught them out of left field. Like what well, we weren't expecting this one. This is kind of came out of nowhere. So I have clients that, that lived through that and left and became really uh, consultants to the industry and mm -hmm. the logistics and the very logistically laden, heavily laden. Oh yeah. And, and it's such a, so, and that's where, you know, it comes down to like being vertically integrated and as a company, as you learn, you know, you know, from the pen, you know, from the book that that I'm getting to go home with called I Pencil, but all the things that goes into making a pencil, right? And and same for the beer industry. There are so many yep. multi-million dollar companies that live and thrive in secondary packaging and brewing operations and things because a beer needs to make it out into the marketplace, but no one understands. Like there, there's probably if you, you know, there's not one here. Thank goodness, but. Um, if you looked at a, a 12 ounce beer can, I could probably tell you about at least like 13 or 14 things about that can. I can tell you where it was produced, at what time of day, by what team, what actual machine actually made this portion or this shape of the can. All those things, they're all like little hidden indicators. And it kind of goes into that, you know, what goes into to making a pencil yeah. that no one ever sees. All, you crack it open, you drink it, and hopefully you, it makes it to a trash can. That's most of our, our, our knowledge of it. And it. Yeah. Okay, so <clears throat> then from the beer industry, you yeah. left. He the, he was shocked. He, he recovered. I mean, did yeah. you already have a job lined up? And no, Yeah. Well, one, like I, um, this was, I left in February of 2013, Christmas of 2012 going into 13. Um, my buddy, who I, I love to death, he's in, he's in law enforcement as well. Um, Daniel and I had been having conversations for about three to four years that I needed to be, I needed to make a career change. 
and Daniel and I go to church together and, you know, he, we met because I got out of the water surfing early one morning, uh, cause I surf and, and I had gotten to church early cause there was a, a nine, I think at the time it was a 9am service and an 11am service and people haven't, people had already filtered out from the 9am service, but the next round of people haven't come in for the 11 o'clock service. And I got there early the, you know, the boards on the car walk in and I'm just sitting on the couch, you know, just kind of, there's no better moment than, you know, the morning surf and you get out of the water. Like there's no more like relaxed feeling of contentment and, and everything. It, it, it's phenomenal, but I'm just sitting on the couch. Like, this is a great day. Like I'm at church now. I've already been in the water. It's not even 11 AM yet. Like it was a great day. I'm probably going to take a solid you know hour nap when I get home. It's going to be great. And then Daniel comes outside and that's how we, that's how we met. And we're, we're friends to this day, but, um, the Christmas before I quit, we, um, I was going with him and a team to India on a missions trip. So we were there for about two weeks. And then that was kind of the defining moment of, all right, I need to make a change. So I came back and was still processing that. And then, um, I started going through the whole application process in, in law enforcement. I mean, it's a, you know, geez, you think a, a loan application is tough. Like they, they dig up, you know, everything that you've done or contacted in the last like 10 to 12 years through the, you know, the background, just the background phase without all the poly, other polygraph stuff, the psych, psychological interview, like all the, 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 the bar is extremely high just for the guy who, the guy or gal who responds to your house at two in the morning. Like you have no idea how much time, money and effort goes into making sure that that person is the right person or yeah. better than the alternative. And and I'm I, at the time I was 33, so I'm on the older side of a normal recruit, mm. um, and and I knew that, but but I also know that I'm an athlete, and I know that I know what I put into my body because I always I was always always learning about nutrition and how to really make my body perform at the level that I wanted for the longest amount of time because I do love surfing and I'd, I'd like to have the ability to do that as long as I can until until I can't anymore. And so I've always kind of been in that mindset. So I, wasn't, I know that I eat clean, I'm in fairly good shape, but I gotta compete with these kids, yeah. you know? And I gotta smoke these kids, you know? So- Challenge accepted, yeah, huh? So that, so that was my, uh, so that was kind of my mindset going in and then it ended up the only one, one agency that I applied with, I actually made it and it's, it's a phenomenal agency. And then I left that agency. I started with them in 2013 and I left in 2016 because i went to another uh, another agency in the area that i that i live and i've been there since so um so i spent about you know spent a large most of my career on the streets um within a very before i came to my current agency in a very violent city and in an even more violent section of the city and you know you know it, you get to see you, you i you know you get to experience god man it's just the worst in people Sometimes yeah. and what what sometimes what another human being is willing to do to another one that they allegedly care about, um, it it sometimes it's a little it's a little harder to process. Um, just you know because you have all these questions like why why do people why sure. do why do some people, um, maybe out of out of ignorance their their life is in an, is chaotic. It just flights flat out chaotic, and it's like man like. I want, I want to show them a different way. Like it, you don't have to wake up to yelling and screaming or you don't have to wake up to, you know, 
whatever it is, like there's a different way. Um, and kind of with that same mentality is, is the way I see, you know, infinite banking is like, I, you know, look, I, I have a finance degree. I was, I interned at a bank in college. I worked for a fortune 50 company and through all that, um, I wasn't taught about money, how money actually works, not what they, not what others perceived, um, what their perception of how it works is like how, how it actually works and what we're giving up for the opportunity. You know. well, how, how did you, how did you, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, get exposed to, you know, the idea of infinite banking? Was that like on your path of trying to discover how money works or, you know, take us down that road? Yeah. I mean, it, a large portion of that was, cause as I started getting into to real estate investing, I think naturally you start, you know, again, like most people, you know, most people start with the most defining book that they read, you know, in real estate is Robert Kiyosaki's Rich Dad, Poor Dad, mm-hmm. you know, and when you start going down that, that path of under, understanding what an asset and a liability is like we, well, we talked about earlier and then understanding um, what, what types of, he calls it cash flow quadrant. So whether you're, you're an employee, you're self-employed or you're a business owner, an investor, that by definition, there are certain advantages and disadvantages for being in each one of those quadrants, right? And then if you marry that with how money works um, and, and the tax code, and you realize that, you know, the tax code is really a set of incentives and, and tax credits and, and a lot of benefits if you're willing to participate and come alongside the government to help them achieve their goals, there are certain benefits that come along with that depreciation on real estate, certain, you know, amortization schedules, cash flow, you know, all these things that you get to participate in that if you are not a business, you don't get the opportunity to participate in. Mm-hmm. Right. So as I'm starting to, you know, <clears throat> to understand more and more about real estate, one of the core principles was I need to understand how to use other people's money, right. OPM, and then just understand money in general. So, um, so that's kind of, I think, where it started is when you start looking at creative finance or you're looking at master leases or, you know, wrapping a property up with a master lease or, or doing some creative financing or raising funds. It kind of goes back to what we were talking about earlier. You're going to need a source of capital. Yeah. Right. So I th- along the way, it, it became, you know, researching about creative finance and then into the somehow through, you know, the algorithms of YouTube, just like a lot of other guests and you've said it um, too on the podcast is YouTube's really powerful at suggesting what they want you to, to watch next after they yeah. kind of, they get a grip as, as far as what your, your current viewing is. And then it became the, how to pay off your mortgage in five, you know, five to seven years. So then I started, you know, so then I started looking at, okay, well, I understand how the principles of amortized interest versus simple interest, how mechanically they work. And yeah, you can do that. Yeah. You just have to be disciplined. You have to be cash flow positive. You have to, you know, you know, you know, have good credit. You need to be able to access a line of credit in some manner to do that. Then you have to be disciplined about it. Discipline. Right. You mentioned discipline twice. D- discipline, like, is, discipline, discipline, discipline. It's all about discipline. Yeah. And, you know, and I'm a, I'm a firm believer in the Jocko Willink, um, just the title of his book, Discipline Equals Freedom. Couldn't be more true. Couldn't be more true because, again, it knocks out the noise. And if, you, if you're disciplined in whatever, whatever area – that it is, then there's a lot of freedom in that because you're knocking out the noise, you're more efficient and you have more time to concentrate and devote to whatever it is that you want. And that's mm-hmm. a lot of freedom. Um, so 
Yeah. So to going back to the, you know, to the, the way I found out about it is, you know, we we're doing the, I was looking at the paying off your mortgage in five to seven years. And, and then, um, cause I had, I had just bought somehow I was able to afford as, you know, with a single income in Southern California, a place, it's a small place, but it's a place, um, <laughs> at the bank. Owns. It sounds yeah. expensive. <laughs> yeah. 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 It's, yeah, it's, it's so expensive. <laughs> um, but if you, you know, and then you're, then you understand if you're looking at a principal interest curve, a basic principal interest curve, um, and you know where they intersect before, you know, the, you know, before you're actually paying more principal than the interest because the, it's their rules. It's their rules of the game. And they're right? getting paid first. The bank <laughs> will be repaid their interest before you have the opportunity to stack up your capital, right? No and to pay down your principal. Yeah. Right. So then I started under, you know, I knew some of those things and then I'm a, I'm a visual learner. So when I see a chart and I see the curves, I just want to manipulate the crap out of those curves. So, yeah. right. So I was like, well, all right. So my mortgage is X. Well, I'm going to play X plus a few hundred dollars because I want to get the, that intersection of those curves as soon as I can um, without having to really sacrifice to a great extent my lifestyle. So, so I started doing that a little bit. Um, and then when it, I started buying um, real estate and then going through that and, and understanding when I came, you know, again, through more learning, more learning of how to make, I don't want to be a slave to money. I want the money to be a slave to me. And then I think it was, I don't know what specific video and I don't want to share it on here, but it has a green background or green logo anyway. Um, not yours, but someone else's, but they, they were introduced the topic of, you know, like, um, bank, uh, of, banking with life insurance. And that was kind of a, okay, okay, what is this? Is this worth, this is worth exploring to figure out what the heck this is. And then when I started um, learning more about life insurance and the characteristics of it, I'm going, man, I think there's something here that's going to fit a void that, that I have. And, and so I studied that for about because this was in 2018 for about six or seven months. And then I had a friend who was a, I don't, I don't know all the designations. There's a bunch of letters after his name, C, 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 F, something, you know, a bunch of stuff. But yeah, and there's a, there's a bunch of them available. <laughs> yeah. So I ended up getting an improper, you know, I knew, I told him what I wanted to do is like, hey, this is the thing. I want a high cash value uh, life insurance policy um, that paid that, you know, the most. Ag- just the most ag- aggressive form of life insurance because I need to use it as a bank. And he's like, okay. Well, the next thing I know, what happens? I get thrown into an IUL unknowingly because I uh-huh. thought I was doing the right thing. Mm-hmm. All right. Because I'm practicing it. I was paying a $1,000 premium fixed a month. Oh, I remember that. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. And, but then my, but my, it didn't stop there. It's like, okay, now I'm in it. I need, you know, I continued to learn, continuing to learn. And then eventually um, um, I, I found, I found you online. And then I started going like, okay, I, okay, IULs are, are, are a cannibal at best, right? So I'm like, okay, so I, I'm a cannibal right now. <laughs> so how do, <laughs> how do I get out of this category and get into a you know a properly structured policy that is going to produce what I believe it should produce? You know, because I had the good intentions, maybe. 60% out of ignorance, 40% out of doing the right, you know, out of mm-hmm. knowledge and 60% I just didn't know. But now I know. So again, kind of comes back to discipline. Now that I know that I made a mistake, I need to correct it and pivot and get into the correct policy. So that's kind of how I found I found you and the team. And uh, Well, there was, 
<clears throat> there is a couple of policies between the IUL and us, wasn't there? Yeah. Okay. So that was the first one. And, I, I, and I want to say that yeah. that that individual, I'm sure, had the best intentions. As oh well. yeah, and I love him to death. He's, yeah. yeah, and I still like, we play volleyball and stuff down on the beach still. Um, but it wasn't it wasn't what I wanted, and it and it negated the principles that Nelson taught. But I didn't know that initially. But when right. I found out, okay, it's time to do something. So the second one, when I realized like IUL is not the answer, that it needs to be a whole life um, policy from a mutual company with a high high PUA, right? All the characteristics of becoming your own banker. Um, I started a second policy that I believed was properly designed. Was and this about 2019-ish? This was 20. This was June. Of, it went into force June of 2019. Mm-hmm. And, and then as I can, again, continuing to learn, I, you know, and then I, I'm listening more and more to your podcast. And then I'm listening to, you know, some of the videos of Nelson, on YouTube where he was, you know, the long form interviews. I think the, the longest one's like an hour and 12 minutes where it's just him sitting in a chair. Mm-hmm. And, oh, oh God, like that, I would have that playing in, in the patrol car because I, I, a lot of times like I'll, I'll have, like that's that's my classroom time between all the chaos and stuff. And yeah. then on my commute back and forth to work, that's classroom time. That's free time for me yeah. to learn. So I would even have a YouTube video up, not paying attention to the video, but just listening to the audio in the car. Yeah. And, and I'm just like, man, one, it's a calming voice amongst all the chaos. So there's a there's a benefit right there, regardless of the topic. Right. right? <laughs> Easy um, to listen to as yeah, well. Right? Yeah, great storyteller. Um, and I think that kind of goes, it kind of plays into my, you know, my very, you know, I grew up a Christian, but, and, and not, not to say but, so I grew up a Christian, period. New sentence, right? So, um that the, that the apostles and the disciples were really good storytellers because that's how communication took place in biblical times. Like that's, you know, the rabbis taught like you have, it's telling a story, but it's telling the story, not one word missed, not one word taken out of context. Like that was communication. And for me, seeing Nelson was like, he has a lot of those characteristics. Like he's able to break down a concept and a principle through telling a story and telling the story, right? When it comes to infinite very banking. simply, very simply, yep. but simple doesn't mean that it can't be powerful. No question. Yeah, yeah. And, and so I think then there's not too many people, I think in general that have that ability to just tell a story and that, and that, you know, you said it before, he, he can make you feel like you're the only person in the room when there's a, you know, a room of a couple hundred. And I just, it's just, it's soothing to hear, but there's, so, it's soothing knowledge. It's kind of a weird kind of, you know, kind of kind of you know pot of soup there you know? yeah. so um so yeah so i had and so i got into i think just prior to that i'd started a my second policy with with the mutual company that i believed was again now 80 percent knowledge 20 percent out of ignorance or so um, with the mutual company that i believed was more in line with infinite banking and um, um and then i was like you know what what i know better why don't i just go to the source like I'm not fortunate enough to have met Nelson, um, but there's this James character out there <laughs> that spent a lot James, of time with yeah. him. So I just need to pick up the phone and just talk to James, also known as the Godfather. So <laughs> yeah, so that that's kind of my journey. So now, like you helped me, I think um, it's it's August now. So I think June, maybe June was uh, is when we went in force with um, with my th- now third policy. But now we. 
I, I canceled or what's it, the terminology? I surrendered or did something well, we, one of them. Yeah, yeah. We replaced one. You had to, the, the IUL was replaced. It's long gone. With the whole life. And then there's a second whole life. We replaced one of those. And I'm not a fan of replacement. I mean, we had that conversation. We had several conversations. Yes. And they were really good conversations and uh, very appreciative and uh, thankful to have them with you, have had them with you. Um, so I'm just saying that what you had was good, um, but could be improved. And that's what, that's exactly what we did. We improved well, and that's, what that's why had. I made the call. Cause sometimes, um, some messages in life are not easy to hear that, right. Hey, I had the great intentions, but it's, it's not as efficient as it should be. And, but sh but you know, and I think in men, it's it's even harder is to admit that you did something that was not wrong, but just out of ignorance, you made a mistake. So I'm like, all right, James. So if I made a mistake, the best thing we can do that we can't do is replace it yesterday or fix the problem yesterday. But we can control today. Let's do it. And I think so. we kind of went through those options, right? Yes. Of what you know, here's here's where you're at. Here's what you're doing. This is what you want to do, and this is how this is going to work for you, mm -hmm. right? And uh, it wasn't really gonna be it wasn't going to be a tragedy you know um, but you're in a much better position yeah. and but you're still early in too just a different company different structure mm -hmm. you know um yeah but i'm on i'm on their website almost every day are you really oh i don't i don't have my well, i have my computer in the car but um <laughs> you wear but them I, out. I wear them out perfect so i have excel spreadsheets for each one of my policies so that i know from my pua standpoint because i'm again i'm an excel nerd so i have I have across the top is every policy year, you know, on row row one, column A through AK, right? And I know what my PUA is allowed for the year. And every time I make a PUA payment on the portal, I go in and update the spreadsheets because that's my that's my bogey. That's what I'm trying to chase. Yeah. And I think today it's on the one that we set up, we're like at 20, I think I have $21,000 left. And I already have, I already got loosey-goosey in my head. I know I have seven in the pipe. So we're going to be at 13,000 before, you know, probably in the next like six weeks. So I'm already, I'm already chasing that down because my goal is zero. That means that I can't put any more in this year, but then I can start filling up my credit union, new nickname on my account, my credit bucket. So I'm going to start filling that up. So when the day comes, get over there and get to work. <laughs> I, I appreciate that, you know, and, and it's the discipline. You're very disciplined. You know, you mentioned you're an athlete. You're very athletic. You know, you're very disciplined. And it shows, you know, whenever people um, share their financial situation. Uh, I mean, I've done it a long time. I'm not trying to pat myself on the back, but I can tell you in about 30 seconds how much discipline someone has. You know, it's very easy to see. It's just like in your profession, you know, when you're rolling down the streets at the tenths of a mile, you know what's going on in your town, right? Um, so I'm just saying that you're very disciplined. And, and I also want to say the adjustment that we made, the correction that we made is going to serve you well over your lifetime. Yeah, and I know, James, that I, I've, I've given up just through the, you know, have, the way you have to surrender a policy. I know I lost money, like mm -hmm. dollar for dollar. I know I lost. Right. But the proper thing to do is stop it now because that's only going to get the longer you delay making that change it gets more and more expensive it's a harder and harder pill to swallow so do it now the quicker you can get on the right track it goes the right track it goes back to discipline equals freedom that's right, right? be disciplined be uh, disciplined enough to admit you made a mistake and learn from it because if you don't learn anything from it that that 
scenario didn't mean anything. Right. So learn from it and do something about it. And if you don't, and it, and it, it kind of goes from people in my life. If you're going to drag me down or you're not going to have discipline for yourself, I don't want you around me. Mm. Right. It's life is tough enough. So I want good people around me. This is why, and this is why, like, it's, it's seriously, it's a, it's a big thing for me just to, um, to talk to you is that you're, you're kind of a maintainer of my discipline. Right. And that kind of like one of my, um, one of my favorite people that I worked with in the beer industry told me that, it, and he was a, a mentor for me. He was one of our small men's group leaders in church in St. Louis when I worked there. But Mark always told me it's, it's, it's one, there is a great responsibility um, to be mentored. Hmm. And then it's even greater to mentor someone else because that's how it gets transferred from generation to generation. Hmm. Right. And so I, I kind of insert inserted myself into your life <laughs> of knowing that you, you know, you are, a pre, you know, you spent so much time with Nelson. He mentored you. And then this is, if this is a little bit of you being able to mentor me and me admitting that I need to be mentored in this arena. And I'm sure there's more things that you can teach me um, that I've got it. I don't care if it's by, by a fingertip on a coattail, if I can just hold on. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah, I'm just going to hold on for dear life. So, um, and then good things should happen because you know, you're, you're not trash and you're not a, a poor influencer. You're doing the right thing for the right reason. And those are people I think in general, we need more of around people in anyone's environment. Absolutely. Um, no, I, yeah. I agree. I want to be around winners. I want to be around people that are teachable, that yeah. are learning and have learned. And, and I want to be around people that have failed because they're, you know, too, but, you know, but failed in the, with the, with the right mindset. Yes. There's a, there's a caveat and there's a difference between, you know, being chaotic and, and irresponsible versus um, calculated and failures and learnings through failure. Like th those are great learning opportunities. So I want you to. <laughs> you yeah, I, I agree. I yeah. appreciate that. I, I mean, I, it's philosophical, you know, but it's a, it's a, it's a same, it's similar philosophies, you know, it's like, uh, and I've said it before, it's why would, why would you want to do business with somebody who has an opposing philosophy? Right. I mean, you can, you can learn from them and you can, you can even do good business, mm -hmm. but, um, over the long term, you want more or less like-minded, free, independent thinking people, but you want to have some alignment in philosophical foundational beliefs, mm -hmm. right? Because um, it's like you mentioned earlier, and, and I say it all the time, you get around negativity, and, you, you, and, and I say it with the noise, if you get, you know, uh, too deep into the noise, it is very difficult to get that off of you. Yes. You know, and it's like in your profession and we kind of uh, had a brief conversation before we, you know, turned the mics on. It's like, my gosh, how do you how do you you see the worst of the worst? Right. On a daily basis. I mean, how do, how do you stay balanced and and uh, and have a great attitude? You have a great attitude. I mean, how do you maintain that balance? How do you maintain the sanity? How do you maintain the free, clear thinking and uh, the balance in your life? And you had a very good answer to that um and it went back to your personal beliefs and your being a christian mm -hmm. and which i always think that it's like i don't know how does how does a non-christian even make it in the world how do they make it through life I, i've you know? i've tried like you know and I'll, I'll and i'll be i'm i'm a pretty i'm a private person um uh, you know i have 
and I, I don't want you to say anything. No, 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 no. I'm, I'm not, and I don't say it in that context. Is that I like I'm a like here, like I'm fine showing like extrovert qualities, but there's a part of me that I just love being by myself. Sure, right? Because I I like the quiet because it gives me. Well, it, I, I, cause that's where I can learn. That's where I can work on like on me stuff. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't know how we got on. Well, I forgot what your question was now. Um, how do you maintain oh, the, prior to turning on the mics? You know, how do you maintain your balance and your, cause it's, it's not, I mean, it's not, a, it's not about me. Mm-hmm. So if you understand that philosophy that like, I, I'm just, I'm a child. Right. So the, you know, so God gave me, you know, a set of, of guidelines of how to act, love thy neighbor, like the 10 very basic things. Right. Um, and I, I'm his. So that's, that's when I start the game. When, when I breathe my first breath, that's who I am. So if I understand that, then I just live up to his expectation that he already has for me. So it, that's really easy. It's easier for me. It's still tough. Cause I've, you know, I've, been in some catastrophic events at work and mm-hmm. and I've seen even worse that some of my coworkers have have been through you know like you know I you know without getting too disgusting like you know like like I've had to I've had to hold a person's brain and you know into his cranium tr- yep. while we're giving CPR in the middle of a gang neighborhood you know things like that that I'm glad that I got to take an opportunity that I was the person called on to be there instead of anyone else because the public should never see that they shouldn't because that's not easy to see and that's not easy to deal with. Mm-hmm. And I'm glad that somehow, cause I'm not a traditional like alpha male that, you know, you probably think of, uh, you know, in, in my profession at all. Um, but I know that I'm not there j- just solely on my own strength so I can deal with it because it's not about me. So I can be there and I can do the disgusting things mm-hmm. and the very like, Oh God, what if I, t- what if I touch him? Like get your hand in there. Or you're going to keep this guy alive, you know? Yep. So, and you have to be able to compartmentalize that and, and just work because that's your calling for right now. And that may change, but for right now work. And that's pretty, that's pretty, it's pretty easy. So just do the, do the basic things. Um, but yeah, it's, it's knowing, knowing that, I mean, I, I don't, and that's just a small, that's probably the tip of the iceberg as far sure. as like my, you know, my faith. Cause I'm pretty quiet about it because I think a lot of it, a lot of my faith should be displayed in how I act mm-hmm. and a lot of like what I say. And then more importantly, what I don't say. Yeah. There's probably something wrong. I mean, just me talking out loud that, you know, if you have to go around saying, Hey, look at me, I'm a Christian. There's, eh, you know, probably, yeah. probably some work that you need to do. Yeah. Probably <laughs> the most compliment is like, I always knew something was different about that person, but mm-hmm. that's all that needs to be said. Yeah. Right. Because that just means that you, you should stick out it's that in this world. You're going to stick out and you should. Yeah. Um, well, I know, when, you know, early on in one of our earlier conversations way back, um, you know, in, in law enforcement came up and but we had a conversation about peace officers, you know, and, <laughs> yeah. and that's the way you phrased it. And I phrased it. And, and I grew up. My mother was in law enforcement for a long time. And back in the day. I mean, even all the badges and everything said, you know, peace officer. They didn't say law enforcement. It wasn't as militarized as it is today. So I, I appreciate I appreciated that about you, you know, greatly. Um, well, I think it may have just slipped out, but I think that was just, you know, and that's how I refer to it. It's not police or it's not deputy. It we're we're officers of peace. That's that's what the that's how the Constitution refers to us, and it kind of again it goes back to 
the Ten Commandments, if we know that we're peace officers, just be that. Just do that. Just keep it really simple because the, the, the world and the judicial system and legislative branch and executive branch, like the, if we know anything about government involvement and just about anything, they're really good at inserting red tape into a situation and making really simple things very complex. So you have to kind of fight just to keep things simple sometimes. And that's what they do, right? Oh, wait, they charge taxes along the way, too. Yeah, they're technically not supposed to. That was supposed to be sunsetted after the war, but that's another stuff. Oh, you're talking about the income tax. Yeah, 1898. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> 15 yeah. years later, still need to pay for it. Yeah, but mm-hmm. it, but again, that, but that's but that's the rules. That's the rules of the game for now. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, and, and it's that, okay. I mean, if you're going to play the game, you need to know the rules. Right. Especially if you want to win. And, and then you have to have enough courage to get off the sideline and not understanding the rules. Now go play the game according to the, to the rules. Mm-hmm. The best that you can and then be ready whenever, you know, stupid football analogy, but, you know, you're in a running formation and you see there's eight in the box, probably the best time to audible out of that and and go where they're not, (laughs) right? But it's understanding the rules and then understanding what your strengths are and what their weaknesses potentially could be and exploit them in a legal manner, right? It's not... Take every unfair advantage. Well, it, but it, again, it comes back to being a good student, though, James, right? Discipline. So this is what this is what they're saying that I can do. It's mm-hmm. up to me whether I put myself in a position to do those things, because it's okay if I don't, and it's okay if I do. You choose. Yep. I Pretty simple. That. I love it. Listen, we've been going on about an hour and 15. Is there um, anything that you want to share that we haven't covered? No, I, I, the, the overall um, idea of becoming your own banker, because I I'm not I'm not smart. I'm no different than anyone else. Is you just need to understand what it is and, and why. Understand your why. That's just like it, when I'm dealing in real estate and stuff on the side. Is I I, I stick to my calculations. I know what I know what uh, performance metrics that I'm using. Um, and I understand why I'm doing all this. I understand why I'm at two, up at two o'clock in the morning and I'm working on evaluating a, a, a project or a house or whatever it is that I'm looking at because I want to put in an offer. I know I could be doing other things. I know. But I have to have enough discipline. If I'm going to hold myself to a standard and hold myself to a goal that by the world standards it's going to look odd and it's going to look strange mm-hmm. and it may look unpopular, I don't care. I don't. I'm not trying to please anyone else out there. You know, I'm what 41. I'm not married. I have no kids. Um, if the day comes, that's that, an opportunity. You know, lots of lovely young ladies listen to this <laughs> no, podcast. No, I'm Southern a hot, California yeah. surfer. No, I'm a, I'm a hot mess. <laughs> I, I work. I work a lot. Um, I have goals for myself, and, and a lot of times I know that that comes at a sacrifice. That I, because I don't put myself in other positions to where you know, I hate dating, right? I, I just don't. I just don't. That's one thing I loved when I was in India. It's like, oh, arranged marriages. <laughs> like How if, convenient! Yeah, if I could just tell someone what was on my checklist, and they could just go out and shop, and then they would just bring her to me, and then we would just magically get along. You know, wow. that'd be fantastic. I don't know what world that is, but that would be fantastic. Yeah. So, um, but but I know, but I know that you know, I have I have goals, and it, they may be um, they're my goals, but they're goals, and. I and I know going back to the whole reason that I'm here about you know I've read Nelson's Becoming Your Own Banker because of you I've read Warehouse of Wealth because of you uh, I'm going to read I Pencil tonight when I get to Mom's house um, and 
like it that that's what i that's what i enjoy because regardless of go, like going back to what, like leaving leaving um like final words is dude, we we just we as people have to understand like know know your place and and i say that in terms of the financial system is not built for you right our current what we our idea of it 401k's yeah. iras self-directed all this stuff it if you look at mechanically the the way it's designed it's to separate yourself from your money that's just that's if you're just looking at pure distance so if you're going to tell me i have the opportunity to defer my taxes in my hardest working years when i'm the healthiest with the opportunity to pay an unknown tax um on that money at some defined point in time in the future that that is not dictated by me and that could change it will change right instead yeah. of 59 and a half it could be 62 it could be 63 it could be 64 all that meantime you're going to need money you're going to need capital to live to buy groceries fill in the blank it's going to cost something and someone's going to pay for it and if you want that money you're going to get less of it because one it needs to be taxed and if you need it in a timing manner to where it doesn't fit up with the SEC guidelines or any IRS standards then guess what there's going to be penalties and they're taking it's going to be they're just chipping off the shoulders of the money that you worked for years ago for you to maybe get a few pennies out of that and you know I say that probably as more of a magnified version of it but I'm just that for me if I if someone was to break it down in a manner like that like hey James I have a great I got a great plan for you mm -hmm. so you make $100,000 a year. Um, I'm going to give you the opportunity that before you get a piece of that monthly income, I'm going to take it. I'm not going to let you touch it. And you, oh, by the way, you've never met me and you never will. And I'm going to have your best intentions at heart, I promise. And if you ever need this money, I'm going to make it really, really difficult for you. There are no guarantees. There are no guarantees, right? And then maybe you'll have enough if you talk to the right people that you may live a quasi okay lifestyle in your in the years beginning when you worked so hard for all that money to actually be able to enjoy life. I'm gonna strap you down and make it really hard for you to actually enjoy life. How's that sound? Yeah, I don't want to pay charge you fees along the way. Just, yeah, just you know, it, I'm gonna get one third of it at it's, least. It's, it's it's a tough pill to swallow. It is. However. If you know that and you know that there's a different way, shame on you for giving all of your time to someone else, whether you're an employee and I'm not, I'm, I'm an employee, so I'm not bad mouthing being an employee, mm. but you have to understand where we are. So I give, I know just because of our current tax structure, our, our current tax structure and I, I'm, and this is how, this is what kind of creates some of my, my discipline, but, um, and it makes it tough really times too, when I hear it is I, if I work a 12 hour shift, the first six of it is for the government, Yep. right? So from 6 a.m. until noon, that was all for someone else. I didn't make anything, I made zero. From noon until six or 6.30, that's when I start making money for me. And then alongside of that money, well then there's gas taxes and sales tax, and then there's mortgage payments, and then there's fuel costs, and then there's grocery stuff. So when you really break that down, your the money that you actually do get to keep is very, very, uh, it's a very small proportion of your overall opportunity. That's just where we are. Yep. Right. So if you, if you know that and, and you accept that and you realize that along that way, there, there, 
opportunities for you to separate yourself from your money even further that you worked so hard for and 50% of it went to someone else. If you wanted to control what you got to keep, if you had the opportunity and the knowledge to, to, um, to learn about a vehicle that can help you keep that and make you less dependent on others. For me personally, that that's, I would want that at least to spend the time conservatively, um, just to, just to learn about it. Like I owe it to myself to learn it because I give so much of my time for someone else that I should not be shy about when it comes to doing something for me, coming up with excuses that I'm too tired because I work too long today. And I got, I got sock. I got to take the kids to soccer at seven. I don't get home until nine. Well, buddy, it looks like someone needs to get up earlier in the morning or stay up later at night to do something for you because you give up so much of your time. And then when it comes to doing something for you, you make excuses for you. Mm -hmm. Stop. Have a little bit more value in yourself, create some discipline and do something about it. And there's a lot of energy in that and freedom. That's where I, I get a lot of uh, uh, a lot of my energy from whenever I do get down. It's just like, no, like I, like last week I worked 60 hours. So 40 and then 20 hours of overtime. Wow. Right. And so I went home one one night last week um, on time, but without any overtime or anything. Two weeks prior to that, we got called out on a couple of investigations in the middle of the night. Um, so I've had like one day off in 14. Does it suck? Yes. Is it my job? Yes. Suck it up and get in there because people are depending on your abilities and skills to investigate this incident to a high, you know, to a high, to a high degree of, of, um, of aptitude, right? You got to be able to speak for victims when victims can't speak and the victims don't care that you're tired or that you just got home or that you're on your way home right? and you stink because you've been working for like 16 hours and you got to turn around and, and shower at the station and put some different clothes on that. This is just what I had at the office right now. Cause I was in a different uniform of the day, but I got to go. And yeah, it sucks in the moment, but it's what you do with that opportunity. One, do what you're supposed to be doing at work. Right. And then if you're compensated to the point where it, where it exceeds your monthly expenses, then you owe it yourself through discipline to do something with that capital. Put it in there, put it in your policy, protect it, creates an immediate estate. You can access it. You're just, you're not giving away, you're giving away the money, right? In the form of a premium, but you still get to access it. The insurance company owns that premium now, but you get to access it through a policy loan. That is the collateral from the insurance policy. They are obligated by contract to uphold their contract. I have the contractual right, but not the obligation to get that capital when I need it. So exercise it to buy assets. That that would be my, I think, overall words is stop buying liabilities. Just embrace this concept, practice it like no other, and buy assets. I like at least discover it. I mean, mm-hmm. <clears throat> you said earlier you read the Becoming Your Own Banker because of me, but you had already purchased three high premium, high cash value policies without reading that book. I knew well, I knew yeah. that it was I knew that it was right. The concept was right. Now yeah. I didn't know the concept, I yeah, yeah. see, but I knew that that okay. This is what I've been looking for. This <clears throat> answers so many questions. Yeah. When, so it, when it you helped talk you. about, yeah. Oh, oh my gosh. Like I still, because I think last week when, um, or two weeks ago, maybe, <clears throat> I can't remember. Last week was your Q&A that you released. And then there was Nurse Kathy. And then I think maybe between there, Ryan was here. And you guys were talking about like, I think page 58 of some of, of 
whatever the topic was, I don't know if you guys were answering YouTube questions or not, but I'll kind of make mental notes of just, I'll go back and read that page. Yeah. Right. It was like, okay, to reaffirm, excuse me, my initial learnings. And all I'm doing is doing what you and Ryan do. You didn't read this book once and I got it all figured out. You get, you keep referring to the guide, yeah. right? It's cause that's a blueprint. It's a guide. And so from time to time, as time grows on, we mem our memories are not as good as what it was when we were younger or a specific question or a scenario poses to where you need to reference a specific section in a book that has all the answers that we have to go back and refer to. So that's, that's a, that's a good practitioner, right? Whether you're writing the policies or executing it as an operator, you got to go back and understand the why. So like I've done several other things. I know like my, my car insurance premium went down because, you know, cause now in the detail that I work, I have a take home car. Right. So my insurance pre premium went down $86 a month. Well, guess what? If you look, if you look in my, if you look in my, um, and we can look at it afterwards, but if you want to look up in my policy, you'll see two $86 premium payments because right for right now, I know that that's my savings and I, and I don't want to lose that opportunity of that, that money can yeah. create. So what, what do I need to do? It's really simple. Yeah. Things are always simple. Get it into the policy, protect it, get it, start working because I may need a day off, but it never gets a day off. I'm a horrible boss of my money. I love that. Yeah. And that, but that's, yeah. I mean, that's the way I see it. $1 is $5. One dollar is never one dollar, and if it is, look for a way to wear it out and make it at least two dollars before you give up that cost. <laughs> right? You got to find a way. Yeah, you got to find a way. And then if there isn't, that's fine. But that was a good practice. All right. And now the next time you have an opportunity for five dollars, all right. I love it. It's twenty dollars. Where is that? Where can I do with that twenty dollars? Because that five dollars is twenty dollars. Yeah, you know, working sixty hours a week. I mean, it better be working twenty four hours a day. Uh, Your money, right? It. it I owe it to myself. Yeah. If if it's working less than I am, I'm gonna have to have a discussion with that money because it, <laughs> it's not working very hard. Right. I'm trying to set the example. <laughs> yeah, I yeah. love it. Yeah, and we didn't get into a lot of it, but that's just some of what I've, what I've been. Well, maybe about. you have but to come back. Oh, I, well, you guys are family now. I've met the whole team, so you guys can't get rid of me. Yeah, look, he flew in last night. Got hung up in some storms in North Texas, sitting on the tarmac in Oklahoma. And uh, four hours and any or something along those lines. Oh, yeah. Just sitting on the plane when everyone got off. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to start watching the Formula One race on my phone because I've already missed the, the live version of it. So that's what I was doing last night while you were with your family. I was uh, in coach with my knees banging on the seat in front of me watching a race. <laughs> Perfectly. Well, listen, I appreciate yeah. you coming down. I've greatly enjoyed it. And really, you have an open invitation to come back anytime. And Thank you. we'll carry on and get into other things. I mean, we're, we're going over 30 minutes or so before you even got to your background yeah i'm sorry um, no no it's not your fault it's all mine i'll do better <laughs> next time all right thanks for listening and i uh, hope you enjoyed all right thank you for joining us on the banking with life podcast if you're watching on youtube make sure to like and subscribe and click on that little notification bell otherwise join us on apple podcast and stitcher for weekly content 